Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. Nita insists that I start this by saying, this is my opinion, and that's all it is. Uh, I don't have any insights. I don't have any special connections. I just connect the dots. Earlier this week, I saw where the banks, in particular J.P. Morgan and uh, Goldman Sachs, showed record profits, profits better than third quarter 2019 in third quarter 2020. And I said to me, myself, how did that happen? I know that some of you aren't making your mortgage payments and you aren't making your student loan payments and you're falling behind on your credit cards. And I know that Carnival Cruise Lines isn't making their business payments. And I know there are thousands upon thousands of restaurant owners who aren't making their mortgage payments. And I know there's a lot of renters who aren't making their rental payments. And so their landlords aren't making their, their mortgage payments. And, 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 and I know the oil companies aren't, aren't able to make their loan payments. So if you're a bank and you don't have any money coming in, how do you show a profit? Well, Again, I think my skill is not reading or spelling or it's connecting the dots. And I remember back, I think it was in the, around the 1st of April, the government put together a payroll protection program, PPP, and, and they said to the banks, banks, we want you to make loans to businesses so they can pay their employees and and we'll give them favorable um, interest rates and and we'll even forgive some of the loans if if they stay to the program and they sent this out to the banks and and the bank and they sent out 600 billion dollars that's that's 600 with a b and they sent it out to the banks, and the banks, uh, the banks wrote back and said, "Wait a second, we don't really understand this, and and you need to give us some time. We're we're we got to figure this out because we're expo we're loaning the money and we're exposing ourselves, and so so the money didn't get out." Uh, like they wanted it to. And and then when they did, they gave it to the Los Angeles Lakers and Ruth Crisp and and um, the Shake Shack, and, and that got some bad publicity, and it, so it all came back. Um, they, they gave the money back. So, so I'm sitting here, and I'm thinking, how did they show a profit? And then I, I ask myself, how do banks make money? Do they make money off of charging me, if I want to go get a mortgage right now and I got good credit, I can probably get it for three and a half percent. Do they make money off of that? Well, there's a spread there of maybe three percent, but that isn't how you make a lot of money. You make Banks make money by you coming and depositing your million dollars and putting it into a CD and getting uh, a half a percent interest on it, maybe you get 2%. And then they take your money 
and they take it down to the 35th floor and the 36th floor and the 37th floor. Well, what's on those floors? Okay, well, let me, let me just give you a scenario. There's only one bank in the United States, and it's Kerry's Bank. And Kerry has an office on the 56th floor of this big, tall building. And the U.S. government calls Kerry and says, hey, we want you to take charge of our PPP loans. And we want to send you $600 billion to bail out these businesses who need bailing out. Well, we need bailing out, I said. We need bailing out. We don't we aren't getting any money on our mortgages or student loans or credit cards. We need bail. We can't do that. We did that back in 2009, 2010 and we got all kinds of shit over that. Hell, they've made movies and written books about it. We ain't going that route. Well, we need it. Hang on. We'll get back to you Monday. So we get a call Monday and said, "Okay, we're going to send you the $600 billion. You take care of it, and you work at it as you best can. So, Kerry gets his $600 billion the next Wednesday. He writes back and says, I can't figure this out. It's going to take me a while to get this program initiated. So, I what do I do with my $600 billion? Do I put it in the vault? I don't have that big a vault. I did the whole 56th floor can't hold $600 billion. So I take it down to the 30, 34th floor. Well, that's where my bond traders are. And I say to the, my bond traders, here's $200 billion. Trade it. Trade it as fast as you can. Well, I've got the best bond traders in the world down there. I've got a computer that'll just knock your socks off. It moves so damn fast. It trades in the millisecond. We're looking for a half a cent margin that we can, and we move that money. We move that $200 billion fast. I then go up a floor. That's where I have all my currency traders. Here's $200 billion, guys. Go at it as fast as you can. Make me some money. Then I go up to the next floor, and that's where my stock traders are. And that's where you understand what happened. We saw Amazon.com drop, and then we bought in. We saw the oil prices go down to zero. Guess what they're at today? $40 a barrel. They went from zero to 30 how much money was made on that if you had $200 billion to invest? Money for nothing. Maybe the chicks are free. Folks, you just saw a bailout of the banks that is second to none. Money for nothing. And then a stock market that reacted so that you could make record profits. Carrie's bank hit the, we pulled that lever and we hit the jackpot. The government sent us $600 billion and it took us a long time to get it out to the payroll protection program. 
Took us a long time. In fact, we still got $130 billion that we're trading. We don't care that you can't pay your mortgage payment. That floor shut down. That, that we come try to borrow some money from us and see see what kind of luck you have down on the second floor. But up here on the fifty sixth floor, we're counting our chips, and we're still betting, and we're betting heavy because we still got a hundred and thirty billion. That's with a B. That's what happened. That's how I made so damn much money in third quarter twenty. 20, when I, for all other reasons, I would have been going bankrupt. But my bank did well. So, let's come back to the real world. What happens next? What happens next? Well, we know the, the forbearance is coming off. We know the moratorium that I can't foreclose on you is coming off. We know we're going to have a change in our election, so or we could have. So what's the new administration or the old administration going to do? Are they going to bail the banks out again? I'm not so sure they will. Uh, so I suspect I'm going to have to, as a banker, I'm going to have to handle this on my own. I'm going to have to foreclose. But wait. But wait. There's a part of the population that over the last eight months have made more money than they ever have. And they're going to be looking for good investments as all these foreclosures come in. They're going to rush in and say, hey, I want to buy some rental property at cheap prices. And they're going to form some organizations that bring together real estate agents and investors and, and property managers. And guess who's one of those people? Me. I'm putting together a group of people. I'm working with a group of people who are saying, hey, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. We got to bail the banks out. They got all these mortgages that they need to foreclose on. And they need to get cash in, in replacement of debt. And they need somebody to come buy these houses from them. And I've made a lot of money over the last six months. I'll come in and save the banks. I'll buy their foreclosures. In fact, I might even step in in front of the banks and bail out the guy and take over his mortgage. I don't know. I'm now in control. I'm the investor. I'm the guy who's got the lifesaver that's going to save the drowning banks. That's me, the investor. Wow. Money for nothing and the chicks for free. This is an opportunity, folks. This is, this, we did an interview. If you haven't seen it, go see the interview with Jim Rogers. And Jim Rogers has made billions. And he made a statement in that interview. 
You look for change, and you look for an asset that nobody is paying attention to, and nobody realizes what the value of it is until that change happens. Well, the change that's going to happen is the banks are going to need to get rid of all these foreclosures. There's The change that's going to happen is that uh, hundreds of thousands of people are going underwater on their mortgages. Businesses are going underwater on their mortgages and the forbearance is going away. And somebody's going to step in and say, this is an opportunity. This is your opportunity. You got to figure out a way to get involved in this. If you're a real estate agent's agent and you want to get involved in it, and get involved in these foreclosures and just be bringing investors and sellers together, you need to get in touch with me because I'm putting together a team to do this. And, and we're going to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're an investor and you want to be a part of a group of people who are gobbling up good real estate at discount prices and then bringing in the organization to put those property in the best sellable condition and then have a management company to make the whole process hands off for you, the investor, you need to get in touch with me because this is what's going to happen. And if you don't want to work with me, do it on your own. This is an opportunity of the lifetime. And what you've got to recognize is change presents opportunity. And 99% of the people don't have a clue about this. You go through the YouTube channels. You find anybody else who's telling you about this. Anybody else who's alerting you to the fact that you have an opportunity to change your life. And it's starting today. Bestofusinvestors.com. Sign up. Give me your email address and your name. And I'll send you a letter tomorrow morning that is going to tell you how to get connected to our Discord, what I call our village, where we exchange the details of what I'm talking about, where we educate you as to when you do get this inflow of money as a real estate agent, as an investor, how you set it up so you don't have to pay taxes on it, how you set up qualified programs, how you set, set up a business that can put aside not $6,000 in an IRA, but $56,000. And if your wife's your partner or your husband's your partner, that's $112,000 that you can shelter from income taxes on a yearly basis. And if you're 35 years old, expect to have about $25 million in that account when you hit 65. This this is how people get rich, folks. They know how to work the system. They see what's going to happen before it's happened, and they put themselves in front of it. So, 
That's who I am. I'm Kerry Grinkmeyer. I'm a retired financial advisor, and I know so much crap I don't care. I forget most of it. But I'm figuring some things out, and I'm willing to share them with you that can make you wealthy. And that's the name of this game. We're only here for so long. We want to live a good life. We want to enjoy our life. We want to keep as much of what we make and not let it go off to taxes and whatever else. And then we want to make a difference. And we want to make a difference in our children, our grandchildren's, and our great-grandchildren's lives. That's done by passing your wealth on in the proper vehicles so that they get to enjoy it. They don't have to give it all up in taxes. That's what this channel's about. Making you a better investor and a better person. Okay, this is exciting. This all just came to me this morning. Um, I have a roommate that lives in my head who who talks to me, usually about 6 o'clock in the morning, and says, Hey, think about this, Carrie. Let's work this out. Where did I get that roommate? You know, you got that one that tells you 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 can't do that. You can't make a million dollars. Hell yes, you can. But you got to get rid of that roommate. And if you want to get rid of that roommate, read my book. I'll tell you exactly how I got rid of him. I, I lived with that bastard for probably 70 years. And he told me. You can't do that. I did a lot of it myself, but I still lived with the doubt, the the belief that you aren't good enough. You can't spell. You can't read. I'm dyslexic. I can't read. I can't. My mind cannot process a three-syllable word, but yet I write books. I'm a very successful investor. I'm building houses. And now I'm going to build a company that's going to take advantage of all the foreclosures that's going to come my way. And um, damn, I wish I was 25 years old. Tune in tomorrow for the next episode. 